What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Croom, and on this episode of Coffee and Van Chats, we chat with Haley Bates. I met Haley Bates back in 2017 when she was looking for a team to ride USA Crit Series with, and me and my partner Mike were running a team at the time, which then, with the help of Lauren LeClaire, we started a women's team, and yeah, she's been a pivotal part of that team, and I'm so excited to have her on this podcast. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode, but first, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Chili Technology. Personally, I tend to run a bit hot when I'm sleeping, which can leave me waking up in the middle of the night sweating and uncomfortable. Chili Technology has created two really cool sleep gadgets, the Chili Pad and the Uller. These are systems that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed, which can help lower your internal body temperature and trigger a deep, relaxing sleep. I personally use the Chili Pad and it's amazing. I love that fresh, cool sheet feeling and this product gives you that the entirety of your sleep. Chili Pad has me feeling rested and ready to take on the next day. I've also even traveled with the Chili Pad all the way to Europe. Right now, Chili is offering all listeners a really great deal when you go to ChiliTechnology.com. All you have to do is use code CROOM at checkout. That'll give you $150 off both the Chili Pad and the Uller. That's code CROOM, C-R-O-O-M. So go to ChiliTechnology.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with Haley Bates. Haley Bates is the bomb.com. I met her in Colorado Springs. And yeah, next thing you know, she was looking for a team and I helped run a women's team. It's really hard for me to say that I, I own it. I think that sounds really dumb um, because I don't, I don't put any money really into it except for my credit card. Mike Levine from <laughs> Levine Law Group is the big guy who makes sure that team runs sound so he's the owner and then lauren leclaire makes sure that team is 100 percent rocking but Haley bates is one of the racers that makes sure that we get results so Haley, how are you doing um i'm doing well you know um was hit a little heavy with the news about nationals being canceled yesterday oh track nationals yeah that's why i got beer right now um this is a coffee and van chats, but right now it's a uh, Trinity it's a, Brewing and van chats. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it feels a little necessary right now. I mean, yeah. it's like that's when we last saw each other. Um, that is, is cool. and you became a national champion, your first national title. I did. Right? Not not how I intended to be a two year national champ back to back. Not. Oh lie. yeah, yeah, that's true. Because we, were, me and my wife, were actually chatting about this. We were we were talking about. Um, me as a kilo national champion and she was like you're probably the longest standing kilo national champion to like ever and i was yeah. like i don't think i don't think that's true uh, i think baronowski's won it four times she's like yeah but you get to go race again next year as the national champ. like you're the longest standing yeah national champion like like lengthwise and i'm like oh i get what she's saying so that's pretty weird and i don't like it um yeah i don't even have a national championship jersey you don't either and i think we should get you one though because it's like it's your first national title and i don't even know actually mike listens to these and he's gonna listen to this one and so i'm gonna call <laughs> him like... out we need to get you a national championship jersey Straight it was up. you know it's funny because i um so i'm i'm escaping to the desert for the fourth of july like yeah. just with my little quarantine bubble and we're gonna do a few rides and it's the 4th of July, and it's the one-year anniversary of winning that national title. So oh, yeah. I, had on the my dad, 
bring me my jersey today so that I can wear it on the fourth. Heck and then yeah. Back into the closet. <laughs> no, heck yeah. No, you de you definitely deserve to get to wear that jersey, um, especially for that opportunity. Because like team pursuit's always weird. Like me being a kilo national champion, I know the feeling. The first time I ever got to got to wear it was like in a real race was yeah. in t-town last year and that I had already been national champion like two or three years oh man i'm that guy <laughs> um but yeah so i had already worn it like a few times because tracks invited me out to break track records and things like that but, yeah yeah but anyways so quarantine like yeah. what are you doing right now how are you staying active i mean we're here in zwift i i'm not a huge fan of zwift like because i'm fat um so i don't <laughs> yeah. work really well yeah, no, it's, you know, Zwift's interesting. Zwift, um, I hadn't used, I hadn't used Zwift until like right as quarantine started. And that was a mix of, I was tired of training alone. I wanted to do some efficient workouts and it was raining. So like wow. right when quarantine started, California got our wettest week of the year, which was yeah. really kind of bizarre. And so I've used it on and off just for efficiency. Um, like if I want to do a really structured workout, that's good. I have some feelings about Zwift racing. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think it can be good to bring people together. And if you're just there for the challenge, that's great. I it's don't definitely going to be a challenge. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, no. Um, I remember the first time that I signed up for a Zwift race and I was doing like our local series version on Zwift and I was like, Oh, watch per kilo. I was like, I'll put myself here. No dropped yeah. like within the first 10 seconds. I was oh, like, man mind blown um but it's like the issue with weight is a lot of things i think there's a lot of problems with the perception of weight in cycling anyways you know yeah. i don't think putting that much value on what a person weighs is good um but i don't know what the solution to that is either so yeah I guess, you know it's hard it's really hard um so I, I haven't been Zwifting much. The weather in California has been pretty beautiful. My solutions kind of been, I've been like finding all these different routes. Um, That's awesome. I, I moved up here and I'm like right up against the foothills. So I'm east of LA, kind of sandwiched in between Glendora Mountain Road, if you know where that is, or if anyone knows where that is, and Highway 2. So I can go up all these different canyons and roads and I've just make, been making all these different loops and like riding different places has been really good. Um, when I get burned out, I've been running a lot. Not a lot. I don't want to say a lot. Is I Noah okay with this? Noah is her coach, by the way. So, yeah. um, um, <laughs> Noah Middlestead, I, I just couldn't yeah. see him being okay with you running. You know, um, it's kind of funny. Cause like he lets me do it. Um, I had like, I had a, just like a couple really minor injuries where I needed to not be on a bike for a little bit. And so I was running um and that was a good it was a good way to like kind of change it up and also yeah. make me appreciate what it's like to be good at a sport versus bad at a sport um yeah. but then like when I go for a run just to change it up these days and kind of forget to tell him and then go for a ride and my legs are crap oh, it's like man. oh <laughs> um yeah so it's it's I don't know that's been interesting um but it's just, it's kind of been ups and downs. Like I get yeah. settled into a routine and then I work as well. And so what do you do for work? I work in commercial real estate. So I'm oh. a licensed real estate agent and I do leasing. I don't do homes or anything like that, but I do leasing of um, industrial buildings, offices, 
and then also work on a development project. So we're building um, like 150 homes up in Reno, Nevada right now, which is pretty cool. Sweet, sweet. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you're, so you're working, you're kind of like me right now where it's like, <laughs> I've been like, I've been really trying to get this podcast off the ground. I feel like people are starting to enjoy it for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to do these things when you're training and racing and traveling. And now I can like step back. I can, I can just crack this beer, yep. you know, and, yeah. and just kind of hang out. And that's, and that's been kind of cool. And so what, like, what other things have you been doing? Like, I, so you've been working, you've been training, but like, yeah. You said something about a trip that you're thinking about doing. Is this like a bike packing trip or like an adventure trip or what? What are you? What no, are you doing? no. This is just like um, my boyfriend and like a few of our close friends that we like incorporated into our quarantine bubble yeah. are just going out to the desert, like two hours outside of LA, just getting an Airbnb and kind of like escaping the chaos for the weekend. No, that's awesome. Yeah, me and the wife, we packed up and we went to. About my best friend's wedding um and it was in south carolina so everything's open there like it's i mean, I mean we we actually got looked at like we were nuts so yeah masks but uh <laughs> we went there and uh yeah we just kind of escaped and, and took a decompressant and it was like honestly i'm kind of glad that we didn't it wasn't later because like i don't want to go to south carolina right now like i kind of no. don't want to travel right now because like no. things are kind of getting a little hectic again um yeah for the most part, like, obviously, like, we, we were chatting about going to Utah or something, maybe out in the desert. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it seems like things are getting hectic. But, yeah, so now that the season's canceled and things are canceled, are you, are you going to slow down training? Or are you just going to kind of, like, destructure it? Or You know, um, it's, it's kind of been a mix of when this all started. We pretty much completely destructured it. Like, we added – like one or two days a week of just a tiny bit of intensity just so that the legs would know how to do it. Yeah. And I did some big volume blocks. And now, now with racing being canceled, I want to keep a routine up just because I do work. Like I do train, I do need to make sure I sleep enough, recover. Yeah. And, and I, I like having the consistency and feeling like I'm doing what I need to do on the bike, Yeah. but it's not, it's not as intense right now. It's not as, it's not as intense physically and also like importance wise like oh if something goes wrong that's okay you know yeah. if you have if you have a day of bad legs because you went for a run like just go enjoy the ride you know yeah. and I'm mixing it up like I I have dirt roads out in my backyard I mountain bike all the time you know awesome. so just doing that like keeping the consistency up and keeping a routine up but not not stressing is I think kind of the importance right now because there's no reason to there's enough stress going on like you said I mean oh my gosh like what? just with between the pandemic and like yeah shitty cops and like yeah. people not getting yeah. treated well like it's it's been a shit show the world's so, heavy right now that's for sure it is super heavy and like uh do you follow a uh, cardboard guy you know the guy that oh. holds the sign up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Dude, yeah. With Dude with the sign, yeah. Dude with the sign. Like, this guy's great. And because he put, like, I think it was uh, the 1st of July. It was, like, him holding up a sign. It's like, yeah, we're halfway through the 2020. And I'm just, like, thinking to myself, like, fuck, we're only halfway through. Like, yeah, how bad is this about to get, <laughs> you know? It, it's been a year, you know? Um, it's, it's really interesting because it's, I think, like, some good has come out of it. Um, For sure. 
but it's it's heavy like whether you're talking about the pandemic and like people getting sick and the fact that like it's become such a political issue over you know wearing a mask or not wearing a mask like I see that all the time and I'm in California which is one of the states that has been like the most locked down and then we opened up and now everything's shutting down again yeah versus like watching the black lives matter movement and seeing all of the pain in that but also seeing you know the baby steps that are being made i think there's still a long ways to go um and obviously like that's not my pain but i'll stand with it and i'll sure. you know recognize it and sit with it um but it's just so i think there's good coming out of it but it's it's a lot and then you have to like deal with taking care of yourself personally you know yeah. Uh, like I was struggling with writing for a while just because I felt like there's so much else going on in the world. And yet here I get to go escape on a bike for three hours. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. I had some good talks with friends that are like, no, you know, you've got to be your best self in order to better help other people. So if you're not doing well and you're hiding out in your house because you're not taking care of yourself and you're not doing anything productive, that's not good. If a bike ride is going to make you a better person and help you be a productive human, like a better person in this world, then go ride your bike and then do what you need to do, you know? No, yeah, that's that's a very interesting take. You know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if, if anything, this, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, especially right now, like it's been a thing for a while. Yeah. Um, but right now, if it's really taught me anything, it's like how privileged I was. Like it, it, it almost felt like an overwhelming sake on June 7th, you know, when all this- yeah when this stuff was going on and it, it really hit me hard. Um, so kind of trying to understand that and live with that has been, has been a, been a tough thing, but you know, we just do our change and make our change and go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to kind of pull it, pull it in and, and kind of go from, go from that heavy, heavy combo and into, <laughs> into a bit of, uh, into a bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. Um, what, what is five things that you think that you cannot live without right now in quarantine. So you like, we go back on lockdown and we can't walk out of the house. What, what's five things? Okay. Well, if I'm stuck at home, um, I'd say, and I've been like listening to other podcasts too, um, where like everyone answers this question. And I feel like the first answer has to be like my family. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, it does. My family. Um, I'll like group my boyfriend into that one. Um, and then I'd say like my bike. Mm -hmm. And I think that's tough. Like I want to say my road bike and my mountain bike because being able to switch between the two is really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that leaves me with two more. And then my garden. So I've gotten into gardening quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so I have like a whole bunch of plants around my place, which I guess you can't see at the moment because they're all in front of me. No, but um, I can kind of see your place kind of looks like very modern yeah is that like yeah. is that a bunk bed situation in the back got, here you go so i've got a sleeping loft oh man that's sick and then i've got a couch behind me with a half-built bike yeah. so you know um and then i've got like it's a little kitchenette little kitchen and laundry and bathroom right there so it's it's, it's really sweet um yeah. but i also have an outdoor garden as well and so got a squash takeover going on right now i didn't realize i planted some butternut squash seeds 
Oh, and wow. now they're like taking over the backyard, you know? Yeah, that's when up. you become a legit gardener. Like you don't even know what seeds you're throwing out anymore. You're just like, <laughs> oh shit, I, I have squash popping out here, you know? Yeah, like, and yeah. I've got like five tomato plants and I've gone through a whole bunch of different stuff. And so I think that's that's one of them. Um, and then I would just say like a good book, you know? it's Yeah. It's always good to escape for a little bit, learn something or get entertained, whether you're into fiction or nonfiction. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, yeah, those would be my, my five things. Cause I had to put like, I can't just ride a road bike or a mountain bike. So they take up two slots. <laughs> oh man. Well, what, what kind of mountain bike do you have? Like, so you're Cannondale sponsored, but yeah. they didn't, they didn't hook us up with mountain bikes. But... No, but I did just get, well, I, so I, I have two mountain bikes. Um, I, oh, did... I think Lauren told me about this. Yeah. You yeah. just, you just, you just went big, didn't you? I did. So I just got a scalpel, which I'm super excited about. It's still being built up. I'm waiting um, on a power meter. Shout out yeah. to SRM, Colorado Springs. SRM, what's up? My, my first job in college. I was the intern there. How badass is that? Like, <laughs> I'm like your first job, like my first job, what was my first job? My first job, it was Zaxby's. Have you ever heard of Zaxby's? No. Have you ever heard of Raising Cane's? Yes. It's, it's literally okay. the East coast version of Raising Cane's. Okay. And I was 15 years old and I got fired. Yep. hundred percent got fired from, uh, from Zaxby's. And then I worked at Sonic and Dunkin' Donuts and you worked at SRM. Yeah. Well, my first, first job, I was a tutor and a dog walker. Oh, okay. Um, in high school. And then my first job in college, when I moved out to Colorado Springs, I joined like the local women's mountain bike team, um, mm. which I, I forget what they're called and I never did anything it show up to like except for show up to one dinner that they all had at the brewery that's at um next to like the principal's place and Zappas God what's that brewery called Laughing Lab? Bristol. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I showed up to dinner there, couldn't drink beer, but um someone came up to me and was like, Hey, are you looking for a job by any chance? I was like, Yeah, I just applied everywhere. And she's like, Oh, we're looking for an intern at SRM. I was like, you mean SRAM? No, SRM. <laughs> Dang, you almost butchered it right there. Like literally, you mean SRAM? Oh, it's not SRAM? Cool, no thanks, sorry. I don't know what SRM is, you crazy lady. <laughs> yeah, so I, I showed up and I started working at SRM and I got a power meter put on my bike instantly. I had no idea what watts were. Oh, you know, that's like, awesome. I'm a freshman in college and I've done maybe like three bike races in my life at this point. And what's awesome is, is that power meter that was probably put onto your bike probably cost about as much as like your rent for the like six months yeah. that you lived in. Oh yeah. Springs. Oh yeah. I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just looking at these numbers all the time. Like, okay, cool. Like I'm going easy and the, I'm in the hundreds now. I'm like, oh, I'm going a little bit harder. And now I'm in the two hundreds. And like, I knew when I got up to like 600, 700, 800 that like, oh boy, that was fast. But like, yeah, like no. that's good no clue you know um and so that was really fun and so i worked there i'd go home for summers and i was there on and off um through like freshman and sophomore year of college and then kept up the relationship and i've had srms on my bikes for six seven years now oh that's um, awesome yeah but so anyways now that i've got this new scalpel and i had a srm on my old mountain bike they're tuning it up for me so that it's ready to go on the new bike sweet yeah srm they are great people um yeah. jason simon over there co-worker yeah. of mine uh with cts 
Yep. So he is currently working on one of my power meters. Yep. Uh, great dude. Uh, but yeah, so let's segue into a little bit of, this is sponsorship time. I gotta, okay. I gotta throw this out on the podcast. Um, Levine Law Group. Yeah. Um, I mean, they sponsor, they sponsor the team that you ride for. I got hit by a car and that dude's been like my, he's been like family to me. He's like, he sponsored me like when I was a cat four. Yes. If you're a cat four and you're listening to this, you can get sponsored, I guess. Um, this guy took care of me and helped me come up through the cycling ranks and we started a team, whatever else. I ended up getting hit by a car like four or five years later and actually utilizing what the dude does. So this guy is a personal injury attorney. And yeah, if you're in a car accident, ever get hit by a car, doesn't matter where you're at. He can do it over DocuSign, whatever. If you're all the way in Colorado, California, whatever. I never even saw him when I got hit by a car, but I knocked out seven teeth and he put some money in my pocket. But you ride for his team. I do. Law Group, women's cycling yeah. team. What's that experience been like? You've met Mike. So what? <laughs> What's oh, yeah, let, let's let's hear some Mike stories because well careful because he's also going to hear this. I'll tell the good Mike stories. Um, <laughs> Is there a bad Mike story? No, there's no bad. Mike. <laughs> he, he's such a good dude. I remember when he first showed up to our race and like everyone was kind of nervous, like oh, you know, Mike Levine is here and we're racing for group. And he shows up and he's like, y'all, I just want to let you know how proud I am of you. I just want. <laughs> you have a good time and like anything you need just let yes. me know <laughs> that accent like i don't know where you came from with that like he's gonna listen to this he's like wait do i really sound that southern like he does he, he, he does have this like southern draw but what's great is he like he views you women like daughters like he oh my would... god he's team dad like he he is and i remember like winston-salem i show up to winston-salem and like i had a rough weekend in athens like i'd crashed two minutes into the race at Athens, broke both my wheels, cracked my frame, like watched people get carted out. And so I was like a little shook up and it was just this Athens. Athens. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like Athens 2019. Yeah. And so, you know, I show up at Winston Salem and like, you know, like after having not a good race under my belt, like I was a little, like I wanted to do well and I show up to the race and we're warming up and like all of a sudden my rear derailleur just stopped shifting. Like, oh, man. oh my God, you know, and they're calling lineups or they're, yeah. they're, they're calling to line up and they're about to do call-ups. And so I run over to neutral and, um, they like fix my derailleur real quick and I roll away from neutral and like, boom, puncture flat just like instantly. And so I swap my front wheel. Oh man. And then, you know, Winston Salem is a hot race. It's a hard race. And we had a couple crashes in the team in that race, but like we still did well, but there's this photo of after the race and it's like, it doesn't matter how this race went. There's me wheeling my bike now that I've got my flat tire back on. Oh, yeah. Lauren on one side and Mike Levine on the other. And he's got his arm around me. And, like, he looks like the proudest man in the world. Like, he it is. doesn't matter if we came in last or first, which we always want to do. But, like, he's such a good guy. You know, he's. He is. And I'm going to tell a quick Mike story because he'll appreciate this in the sense of how we met. Um, because of that, it reminds me of the time when I met Mike at Crossroads, I want to say 2014. This is when it all started on the, and are you familiar with Crossroads? Did you race Crossroads when no, the women I came? Haven't, I haven't yet. Okay. It's a badass race. And I don't know if it's still going to be around. Hopefully Neil is listening to this, but it, it's essentially like three or four nights and they go through all these towns in North and South Carolina. And it was kind of big. Cause you had Hing Cappy, mountain khakis at the time. They were all racing it, right? Yeah. 
And I crashed. I mean, I'm talking like first three laps, you know, when they called this, they called some preem or whatever, sock preem. I was a cat yeah. four or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I crash into this metal barricade. I mean, full gas, full gas into this barricade. Mike saw it or Mike said he heard it from the other side of the course. And he came there and he was helping. He's like, you were one big dude to be going. And now mind you, like I'm a big dude. So like, yeah. I, I, but then I was a bigger dude. Uh, well, the next night it's pouring rain. I mean, just pissing rain. And uh, I attack in the last lap, you know, kilo it and attack in the last lap. And I win the race. And Mike's like, dude, I don't know what to give you. Like, I, you're not, you're getting like socks or 25 bucks. I want to buy you ice cream. Like, we just got to talk. Like, I got to know who you are. Like, last night, you literally, I thought you died. And then tonight, you just won a bike race. So he's, he's so passionate, so excited, loves cycling. And then on top of that, he runs his own little law firm and makes sure that we're a team, make sure our team is a little team. And so he's been supporting us for, I guess he's been supporting me for like six years, but he's, when I left the team and yeah. kind of handed it over to Lauren to make sure that the women's team was rolling. I mean, how long have you been riding for the team as long as we've had a women's team, right? How yeah. long have you been it's riding been for the team? Years. It's been two years that it's been a full women's team. Cause I know Even the year before for a was full women's team, yeah. but we had a women's squad for three years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. we had some rough times, but it's okay. We pulled out, we persevered. Yeah. I mean, the, Last the year was a good year. Last year was a sick year. And especially with how Emma was doing and how you were doing and how all the girls were doing, but this year was going to be the best year. I unfortunately, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's, ex I'm trying not to be sad about it because I feel like sad isn't productive, but like, no. shit, you know, we were, <laughs> I mean, mainly the reason year. why this year was going to be so good. Like one thing. So, like I said, I pull myself out guys. So when I pull myself out, I mean, like, I'm not really that involved because I don't feel like I should be barking orders at a bunch of women who like, I don't even race their race. I don't even know the women in the race. Yeah. Really. So like I let the women handle that shit cause they kill it. I just do the taxes, call it a day. And they used to come to me and they're like, John, our clothing is awful. How do we, can we do anything? And I, I don't even care. I'm going to blast them because we got a new sponsor, Elio, yeah. who is taking care of that. Like I haven't heard a single complaint single complaint like i wish i would have just done it sooner i would have paid you guys you know i just yeah. done it sooner it's been done with it yeah you know? no elio's been amazing because i'm local and like my parents club that they ride with also went with elio this year that's awesome and so they got to do a few gravel rides because elio's in carlsbad just like 80 miles away and so they're like come on down and so my parents were riding with them all the time they're like yeah you know rumor has it that like you guys are sponsoring our daughter's crit team and they're like, yeah, we're so stoked. And then I got to go down there and meet them and do a gravel ride with them. Yeah. And see them at all the preseason races. And like every time I showed up, even before I was in Elio kit, they're like, hey yeah. guys, like, you know, here's a podium hat. Like here's, here's our space. Like if you need anything, if you need water, snacks, just a place to sit and roll out, like whatever, we've got you. And those guys are so good. And then, you know, I, I feel for them and all the bike companies that have gotten shut down, especially in California with, yeah like covid and then they turned it around and like this is the best mask in the world isn't that like, awesome they're like the first they're like the only cycling clothing company that was like we're gonna do masks like and it's like it's it's so good it's made out of cycling material and you can breathe through it and but like yeah. inside i'm smiling at you like that's the biggest struggle of this pandemic 
I go into a grocery store and there's some like cute little kid with her mom. She thinks I'm staring at her. It's like <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And if you guys can't see that because you're listening to it on Anchor, uh, Eliel is making these uh, face masks. And I was talking to Michael Marks today and I think they might be sold out or might be back in stock. I don't know. Message them, hit them up. They're cool. Because yeah. what do they say inside? I'm smiling at you. Yeah, that's that's so dope. Yeah. Uh, so cool. So, so yeah, they're, they're a sponsor of the team this year. Um, but yeah, so what was like one race that you were really looking forward to? Tulsa. Tulsa. I've never yeah. been to Tulsa. I probably, seriously. I seriously dead serious. I, I was never good enough to make the team. I rode for Texas roadhouse, which is just a, a yeah. bunch of dudes of hitters. And yeah. honestly, I was blessed with that ride thanks to Daniel Holloway um, when I was riding for the team pursuit side of things. Uh, so he gave me the opportunity, but I was never good enough to make sure that those guys won. Um, so I never yeah. had the opportunity, but so Tulsa tough, huh? Yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, like Athens had happened earlier in the year and obviously Athens is a huge deal, you know, long yeah. standing, I think race or at least crit in the U S it was the 40 year anniversary. Like the crowds were huge um but Tulsa it was like the crowds were huge and into bike racing and it was just the atmosphere was so well done the courses were so different um you know it's it's like the middle of the year so you've gotten really settled into this routine of like travel show up and race but also you get to see your friends and then you know like cry baby hill is iconic and just like being able to go up that race or go up that course and like be at the front a few times and just like see the crowd just it's just like, like so a sea much of energy. and it yeah. and it's just like it's got such hitters too and so that you know that experience was really incredible and then just like sunday night you know now that you're done racing like that was kind of hard to beat too no that was, yeah that's that so sick <laughs> yeah that's so sick um Tulsa is one of those races that's like on my bucket list. And honestly, I'll probably go next year. Hopefully this podcast takes off. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, my goal this year, cause I wasn't going to the Olympics was to be more involved with you gals as like a race director, actually yeah. rewind, not a race director. Lauren's a race director. I yeah. would have been more of like Lauren's bitch. Like if Lauren yeah. was like, Hey, I need you to make ice socks. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> You know, like do whatever she told me to do. Cause the last yeah, thing I wanted to do was show says, you don't question, you just do it. Nope. And, and Lauren will take care of you. Like if, yeah. and I don't know how other teams don't, how other teams do it without Lauren. Honestly, we gotta, we, we need to get Lauren on the podcast. We need to yeah. like, we need to do a podcast with like you, Lauren and Emma and like do a big yeah. podcast. That'd be cool. That'd be my first time doing like a three, like a four or five person podcast. would be sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that being said with Tulsa and, and all these ri- races canceled, like, is there any other events that you're kind of like, you're targeting? Or are you trying to just kind of stay safe and kind of stay out of harm's way? Um, I definitely wouldn't say I'm targeting anything at this point, just because I feel like, you know, kind of like why nationals hit so hard yesterday was it was a reality check. Like I thought, oh, maybe there's a chance that this is going to turn around and we're going to have some late season racing. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, all late season races are off the table, but just for the fact that like nationals is a big deal to just cancel nationals shows how severe the situation is. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I think there's a few like mountain bike races throughout the year, like 
you know, uh, the Pikes Peak Apex Challenge. Are you that, coming? If, if, you know, if it works out. Oh man, that'd be I so might, cool. I, I, I would like to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, but before I couldn't say that because it overlapped with some of the USA crits rescheduled races. Um, have those officially been, have any of them like officially been canceled like Athens or anything? The thing is, no, is it like, it, I feel like it, maybe when you travel, you'll see this. Yeah. It's different everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've actually had to travel for work twice. Okay. Um, and it's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. It's, it's so just, weird. But like the work travel has been, um, you know, outdoor meetings, masked conference rooms. So not that I'd recommend it. I mean, I avoid it at all costs, but like airports are bizarre right now. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with USA Crates. I just think it's so hard. You know, you put a whole bunch of people in one place from different places. And so that's why I see it say like Pikes Peak if it works out. Um, but you but, got, you got friends, you got, you know, yeah, that's, that's a little different. It's, it's like Colorado is my second home. So it's yeah. that's a lot easier to pull off. And I think mountain bike racing is different too, because if you're on single track, you're not next to each other. Um, and I'm no expert, but just like the whole idea of being a bunch of people in one cluster versus like, you know, more of a time trial style. That shit's going to blow up within the first 15 minutes. It's going to yeah. be, it's like yeah. being so, all over the place. Um, so that's, that's an option. Um, there's you know being coached by Noah he's from Minnesota there's a race in Minnesota like mountain bike race in Minnesota that we might try to do in October if that works out which race is that um I that's a great question yeah <laughs> it's um I think it's out of Crosby somewhere up there just like uh, slightly northern Minnesota it's 50 mile mountain bike race would just be fun yeah that would be sick. Um, sea otter just got canceled in October makes sense sucks i love that right which is nuts that they canceled and that's what i'm saying like yeah. they canceled like for example they canceled track nationals but they didn't cancel collegiate track yeah. nationals yeah yeah so it's because of where it is i think yeah yeah so um yeah because I it's it's weird like okay so you're gonna run collegiate track nationals with a bunch of kids who have been like that's way more entries yeah than us yeah. which maybe is why they're running it because of the money. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you. Yeah, I don't know. But. I think I, I truly have no idea. I think if you're canceling every event for this year, like just do it. Yeah. Um, just full send. Maybe they just, maybe they're hoping that like December things will be okay. Cause they didn't cancel marathon mountain bike nationals either. Yeah. And those are in November. Um, are you going to go to that? I don't know. I mean, it's on my birthday. So like that could be, <laughs> there you go mike it's a birthday present make sure Haley can race mountain bike nationals she'll wear a yeah. mask yeah um i've got the new bike for it soon awesome. up and coming um yeah so i don't know it's i feel like that's kind of if if anything happens it'll probably be mountain bike you know i don't think the thing the situation is going to turn around fast enough for road racing to be comfortable yeah uh, and also like that's a team decision too like i'm not the only one making that decision for i'm not sure. going to as an individual like i'm going to these races as part of a team and if we make a decision that you know this isn't what we're okay with doing then we're not and i fully stand by that well i'm gonna go ahead and tell you on the podcast and hopefully the women are listening to this it doesn't matter like even if there is racing we are going to check to make sure things are safe before we yeah. send anyone i don't like there's not going to be a unanimous vote yeah. and on top of that if you still don't feel safe don't go like yeah no qualms in that because it's a weird fucking time. Yeah. 
and it's like I feel for the people who you know aren't on teams either and kind of we're doing like their solo mission this year because you're losing the chance for exposure you're losing the chance for experience and like if 2020 like if 2020 was going to be your year of like making the most of yourself so that you got where you wanted to be for 2021 like that plan gets screwed up yeah. you know I feel so fortunate like I'm on a team that is so supportive that's so comfortable that has such good communication that like I'm not worried about next year yeah. I'm not worried about my future of bike racing but I know a lot of people that you know were trying to get somewhere this year and now they don't get to do that yeah for sure especially on the crit side of things it gets yeah. weird like when you're trying to race road like if you're a gravel privateer that's like that's actually like being on a team yeah yeah exactly um, yeah. So trying to, cause we actually had several girls reach out to us way early on in the year, wanting to guest ride and, and be a part and, and ladies, if you're listening, like we're still watching and hopefully you know, <laughs> we can find a home for you girls because oh, it's so tough. It's yeah. Brutal. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's exciting that the team's going to happen next year and Mike's fully on board and yeah. hopefully USA crits is, pretty much just going to roll our entry into next year and we don't have to stress about anything and yeah. we can kind of go from there and like we got new bikes new cannondales and yeah uh, clothing's good we might have to do another clothing order we already we actually i just got off the phone with mike like an hour or two before i had a conversation with you and it's like yeah we're probably gonna have to order you girls some new clothing because you girls are probably putting <laughs> in like super big miles during this pandemic. yeah yeah it's kind of funny i was like man like having this much kit like how could i possibly run out of kit like how could laundry day like really be a necessity? And I'm like, yeah. man, no, like with, cause all I'm doing is riding. It's like, all right, kit in the laundry, kit in the laundry, kit in the laundry. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> then the day comes and I'm like, uh Oh, it's, it's time to do some washing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's super cool. Well, yeah. so just to wrap up the podcast and, and kind of, you know, we don't want to go too long. I don't want to hold you up on a Thursday night. Um, but yeah, it's just like we chatted about, you know, I am, I'm super passionate about women inclusion in sport, uh, people of color in sport. Um, what's your kind of advice for women trying to get into the sport? Cause it's a hard sport to get into. Like, um, me being a white male, like I, it wasn't super yeah. hard for me in the sense of, you know, my ethnicity and who I was and my background and my opportunity, but I was overweight and a lot of people didn't really want to hang out with me. Uh, yeah. So that was hard. But what's your what's your kind of feedback in the sense of like being a woman in the sport that's just wanting to get started and, and be a crit rider? So um, I actually had a really, really cool opportunity when I was still living in Colorado Springs my senior year. Um, I got to assistant coach alongside Daniel Matheny and Russell Finsterwald. Um, oh, shout out to two cool dudes. Yeah. Um, for the summit team that I just started up in Colorado Springs. Um, and I did like a little interview with them about getting more girls on bikes because you know like that team was at the time that I was coaching it I want to say maybe there were like 10 dudes and three girls on it and like those girls were awesome but I think the biggest thing if you're getting young girls into the sport is um like for girls who want to try it I always say like just do it like don't mm -hmm. be afraid to screw up you know don't be afraid like if an obstacle gets too hard you can get off and walk but you can also go back and like try it a few times and don't yeah. be afraid to hold people back because I know when I was getting into the sport like I was worried about being too slow for people I was worried about not when I was a mountain biker especially like not having the technical skills 
And I always had to remind myself, like, no, that's my voice talking. Like, these people invited me on this ride because they want me to be here. So if you get that invite, like, hey, you want to come ride? Take it. You know, like on the on the group rides, I remember like especially you'd be there and like um Dan Crespo would be there too. And like if there was a break going and I was like doing everything I could, maxed out in my compact chain ring, like trying to get onto your wheel, there was a few times where Dan would just come up behind and give me that little push and all of a sudden I'm sitting behind John Croom's wheel and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> John, I am a good draft. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm this way and this way. So yeah. I'm a great draft. Yeah. So I just say like, take the opportunities. Um, also like for women trying to get other women into the sport, make those opportunities, invite ladies out, you know, I like on a mountain bike team I used to be on, we'd have like beginners nights. And so anyone who wanted to show up on any type of bike, we do just like a one hour leisurely pace up and down the bike path. It was beautiful around a little reservoir, like outside of Denver. And just like make those opportunities available. And then if you're new to the sport, take them and don't let your pride get in the way because awesome. it teaches you so, so much. You know, like if you can overcome those obstacles on a bike, whether it's on a mountain bike and it's technical, whether it's on a road bike and like being able to hang onto a wheel or ride in a pack, that transfers to life. Like I think it gives young girls so much confidence in school to overcome problems and to like deal with, you know, girls are mean in school or boys are mean. It's just like, if you can overcome problems on a bike, I think it teaches you a lot about life. So no, uh, that's, like, that's super all cool. for getting kids on bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so just to wrap up the podcast, um, if you guys want to bug Haley, um, <laughs> any girls or guys or just anybody that's new into the sport, obviously I will put her social media down below, follow her. She puts out great content. And yeah, I'm assuming she would answer your questions. Am I right? Probably. Yeah. Like 100%. I didn't have a traditional entry into the sport. You know, I got into it through collegiate racing. I did Leadville as like my first ever mountain bike race Shut and the then got a coach for the first time. Yeah. Oh man. How, what was that experience like? <laughs> Oof, it was wild. I was, yeah. um, I was 18. And so you have to be 18 to do Leadville. And so I'd been waiting, like I'd done the qualifiers. So this I didn't probably know they had an age limit on it. Yeah, no, but like, I kind of think reasonably so. Um, yeah, I guess it makes sense. 104 miles, 10,200, no, 12,400 feet of climbing at 10,000 feet. Like, yeah, um, it was wild. My parents had done it before and I'd supported them. And then a couple of days before the race, my mom broke her collarbone. And so like both my parents sat it out and supported me, which oh, ended wow. up being super cool. And it was wild. Like the whole thing was just like keep pedaling. And I didn't. Like I didn't pee the entire time. It took me ten and a half hours. I didn't pee Whoa. once. It's like I don't know how I did that. Were um, you even hydrated enough to pee? You know, I I was like really my nutrition actually was really good. I did a really good job of drinking. Um, but like at ten thousand two hundred feet, like uh, I don't even know how you hydrate enough. You know? Oh my gosh. Um, Chloe Dygert comes on here and talks about pooping, and then you talk about peeing. That's <laughs> I don't yeah. know what this podcast is going to turn into. No. It was <laughs> It was just an experience that like, kind of like what I said earlier, I got to lean on for a while. Yeah. Like, you know, I did Leadville just by like riding my bike. Like I didn't have a training plan. I just rode my bike as much as I could the summer before, did a taper, got up to altitude and then just did it. Oh man. Um, and then like switched into like, you know, I met Mike Derner and he was like, um, you're 18 years old. I think this ultra endurance stuff is great and all, but you'll be able to do that when you're older. Let's try to do some more like intensity for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but it was, it was just, it was like really, really cool experience. Like the Leadville family is wonderful. Now I kind of have lead boat on my bucket list at some point. I'm registered for it. I'm stoked. Yeah. I, if I can get into it next year, now I'm going to be held accountable for this. If I can get into it next year, I want to do it. Cause I feel like I did I... Leadville in 2015, I kind of need another big thing. Like, even though I'm a crit racer and like, that's hard enough in its own way. I want that like big event that like, holy shit, I did that, you know, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not there to win it. I'm just there to like, do well, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, and that's, I'm going ahead and making this call on the podcast. I don't care what race is that weekend. If you're like, I want to do lead boat, you're a hundred percent allowed to do red. Lead boat. <laughs> like, I don't care what team race we have. We'll make it work. Yeah. Lead boat, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, so, cool, Haley. Well, I appreciate your time and, and thank you so much for getting on the podcast with me. I know that we've been kind of going back and forth trying to figure out a time and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so crazy times. It's always good to catch up, see a friendly face. Awesome. Well, thanks you guys again for listening. And like I said, please look below and you can find the sponsors of this podcast, but more importantly, you can find Haley Bates and you can go bug her on social media. Uh, she has a boyfriend, guys, so please do not <laughs> slide into her DMs like a creep. I would appreciate that. Other than that, I'm out. Thank you.